Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, so this podcast is uh, coming out late. You might not even notice if you don't listen in real time. Um, but life has gotten the best of me. Don't don't worry. I don't mean anything crazy by that. Uh, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast, and it's stressful. I uh, Life is stressful. I, was, I planned on having a guest for this episode. Uh, I believe that he completely forgot that we were supposed to podcast and I chose not to follow up with him because I, um, comedy's taking its toll, everybody. Comedy's back in my life and it is taking a toll. I'm happy that it's back. I'm happy that it's taking a toll. It's been a very lucrative month for me, but... It's taking a toll nonetheless. So right now I'm walking around my house. There's no video of this episode of the podcast. I'm uh, trying to fit this in before I have this potential. You'll know if I got it or not, by the way. If you're if you're a listener to this podcast, go check my social media account. I'm either doing some shows this weekend uh, that I will not shut the fuck up about, despite the fact that I believe they're all sold out. So it's not even like you could buy tickets or that I'm helping this person sell tickets in any way. <laughs> so either I'm either I am promoting the shit out of this thing you can't buy tickets for or you can come see me at the Coma Comedy Club on Sunday. Tacoma Comedy Club on Sunday, I will be on their uh, 10th anniversary show. Um with a bunch of great comics, by the way. What a killer lineup. And doing uh, Master Debater, which is my show. It's a monthly-ish show at Tacoma Comedy Club. It's been very successful since the reopening of Tacoma Comedy Club. So those are both on Sunday, 5 p.m. to uh, and 7.30 p.m. 5 p.m. And I acted like I said a.m. on the first one. So, uh, yeah. The thing is, this other gig that I might or might not have, which I would say, if chances are I don't, by the way, uh, I am one of several people who has been submitted for this. However, because of the magnitude and the lateness of being booked for it, I've had to put a whole bunch of contingencies in my life in place. I've created stress for every aspect of my life that is not this 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 uh this gig is like a let's say a 10% chance of me getting it and i've had to put so many contingencies in place that i'm 
my wife is like going through the full stress cycle already. <laughs> my, my uh, day job, same thing, going through the full stress cycle. I'm going through the full stress cycle. I've been, uh, I did, I opened for Chris Porter last weekend at Tacoma Comedy Club, which was great, by the way. Thank you to everyone who came out and who is listening to this podcast. Uh, now, it's the first time I've ever handed out my stupid social media uh, business card things that I feel like a dork every time I even think about them. And I, I uh, always forget them in my bag. I never have brought them out. And a bunch of people came by, bought shirts, took those. The podcast listenership, I can actually see the difference. There's a difference in the podcast listenership. And thank you to every new person who is listening to this podcast. Uh, so three weeks straight. I'm on uh, basically completely unavailable to my wife for three weeks straight. I actually I got myself bumped from the uh, friend of the podcast, former podcast guest, Todd Royce did a show at Tacoma Comedy Club called Todd Royce and Friends. I bumped myself off that show so I would at least have one night with my wife. And I was like, we had this full discussion. It's uh, My wife has had, like, it's a tough transition to go from basically two years ago, I I paused doing road comedy because my daughter was born and she was about to be born. And then... I did one road gig because it happened to coincide with a business trip for my day job uh, in January, and then nothing after that. So almost two full years because of this pandemic of no road comedy. I went on the road when my daughter was five months old and have not been back on the road until Two weeks in a row, Boise, Oklahoma City. Missed my flight in Oklahoma City. That creates a bunch of stress. Uh, then I have these shows at Tacoma Comedy Club where I'm uh, gone basically the whole night. And so we've got uh, <laughs> we have a deficit in our relationship right now. <clears throat> and then I got submitted for this pretty fucking amazing opportunity that may or may not happen. Very unlikely to happen, but I got submitted for it. And so now we're going through all of the motions of having stress about this gig without me actually having the gig. Uh, and there's a very good chance we're going to go through all these motions, all the anxiety, all of the 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 discontent, um, all of the like resentment towards me for for even considering this gig, and I won't even get it anyway. You know what I mean? So it's a stressful time, everybody, is what I'm saying. Uh, <clears throat> wow, we're only six minutes into this thing. I feel like I've talked for 40 minutes. Um, yeah, and like, and like the gig I have, I put merch on order. If you bought a shirt, by the way, thank you so much. Uh, I make over 50% of the money I make in comedy is selling merch. So if you're at a comedy show, and if you didn't buy merch, if you got this from just um, picking up the card on the table, don't feel bad. Uh, please continue to listen to the podcast. I'm not insulting you, but if you are at a comedy club and you see a comedian selling merch or at a comedy show and you see a comedian selling merch, please know that for even the you know some of the most accomplished comics in the world, that's a significant chunk of their income. Uh, a friend of mine 
is a career comic and still makes like 25% of his income on merch sales. I make over 50% of my comedy income on merch sales. Uh, however, this uh, particular gig, my expectation would be that if I got it, I would sell a lot of merch. So now I've got about about $1,500 tied up waiting to just like, luckily I have a guy, by the way. Um, I don't even, honestly, I don't even know if I know the name of his business, but if you want to follow him on, on Twitter, uh, I guess I could look at the invoice, but he's my friend. Uh, he's at method designs on Twitter. He's a, he's a shirt maker guy. He has bailed me out multiple times. Uh, the shirts that I sold this weekend at Tacoma comedy club, um, where, by the way, the shirt shirt sales represented over 80% of what I made that weekend. And the club is fair. This is the most generous club in the area. And the shirt sales were that significant. Um, he bailed me out. He did them in like 18 hours, which is unheard of. It's So right now I have about $1,500 about to go to him tied up in, uh, in shirts. And I'm waiting on... I mean, he's going forward. I have to, I can't, I will sell those shirts at some point. You can't risk, I can't risk not, uh, not having enough shirts if this gig goes through. So anyway, nobody cares about this, but me, um, I am going to put the shirts for sale, by the way, I have these shirts, uh, three shirts. One is for, I have shirts for this podcast. And I thought I would be, cause one of the, one of the, um, one of the challenges as a comedian is I have these two merch shirts that I've been selling for a while and they are connected to a joke that I tell. And the jokes that they're connected to, one of them is like truly, it's a version of the first joke I ever told on stage. Like I could not be more tired of telling that joke and uh, I'm gonna try to record it this year and put it out in like video and some sort of, um, like a free, a free EP, like a short, not an album. I, I will not call it an album. I will not call it a special. I'm going to try to release it as free as I possibly can. Uh, and you're welcome to, when it comes around, watch it, consume it, please share it with your friends. It'll probably be like, uh, winter. 2021 into maybe winter or like fall late fall winter it's probably going to be recorded uh when i'm in appleton wisconsin in august unless unless a different gig comes through and i have like the set of my life so um anyway i was trying to get away from telling the joke trying to get away from having merch attached to this joke that I don't want to tell much longer. So I bought these nobody likes Casey McLean shirts, which is the podcast you're listening to. They will be available on my website, dkcmcclain.com, which I did some work on recently. Also, there's a merch link on there. It goes to like a store. Uh, I got to figure out for sure how I want to set that up, but they will be available. I have, but, Oh, here's another thing that happened. So I took them. I took those shirts to Boise. I said, these shirts are like immensely important to my comedy income. I've said that 45 times in this podcast. I take the shirts to Boise and 
I almost get completely skunked. I sold one shirt in two shows, about 75 combined audience members. One dude who works for the venue bought a shirt. I didn't know he worked for the venue because normally I would have given him a discount. So I sold one shirt. So then I, oh, I had this. This is like a, the 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 cycle of stress right now is at like a like a fucking mid pandemic level for me because, and it's nothing to do with I'm partially vaccinated. I'm trying to coordinate that, by the way. I need to get my second shot, and I need to coordinate that. Anyway, um, so, because I only sold one shirt, I panicked. I was like, fuck, if I don't, again, it's like, if I'm going to spend time away from my family, I got to max out the amount of money. I can't, here's what I'm saying, is uh, I don't want to be like a, a harsh capitalist, but if I'm going to be selling shirts anyway, it sucks to be running out of sizes. It sucks to have a shirt that nobody wants to buy, right? The difference is, you know, if I, if I sold two shirts a show versus ten shirts a show or whatever, the difference is enormous. Especially as I'm trying to fucking make comedy my primary source of income. <sighs> I'm in debate about if anyone cares about this at all um, or not. So I guess, I guess, uh, why did I get onto that? Either way, I'm trying to get these fucking shirts made. I got a, I got a lot of balls in the air, as they say, as the saying goes. I have a lot of balls in the air right now, and so uh we'll see. This is the la this is like the only moment I feel like I can for sure record a podcast for this week. So you're getting what you're getting. And thank you for listening. You it was a great episode last week, by the way. And I was like, I'm only gonna have great episodes from now on. I wanna do these solo podcasts once a week because I feel like there's shit that I I don't get an opportunity to talk about that I care about. And I'm going to talk about some of that stuff on this, uh, on this podcast, but this is what I, I eventually, maybe that shit will go to Patreon. But what I'd like to do is one solo podcast a week, one episode with a guest. And here we are. You're just getting a solo episode this week because my life is in fucking disarray. Also, I tweeted something today. If you want to go check out my Twitter, I tweeted a joke that I don't think I tweeted that uh, my daughter is on the carnivore diet and some and that uh, people just let, uh, let me read the exact the exact tweet because it's <clears throat> it is as the kids say it is rich. I said. I've had my daughter on the carnivore diet since she was born and people criticize me, but at 18 months old, she has already had a hit podcast, been deplatformed and reemerged as a free speech advocate, making five times as much money. I don't know if I could imagine a more clear joke, but Somebody responded criticizing me for having my daughter on the carnivore diet. I'd like to be clear if you're out there listening, CPS, my daughter is not on the carnivore diet. 
Pretty fun though. It's fun when there's there's two scenarios that are fun. I think there's like a good ratio, which is 80% of the people get the joke, 20% of the people miss the joke and become part of the punchline. And the absolute inverse is correct also is uh when 20% of the people get the joke and 80% of people are mad, it's way fun for that 20%. I think this is an 80-20, not a 20-80, though. So, okay, uh, DMX died. Um, DMX is a rapper from my youth. He was, I think, more influential than people want, than people realize, because he's there's like a there's a segment of hip hop, a segment of rap that is like dark hip hop. DMX, by the way, stands for Darkman X, um, which feels like a name I'm not supposed to say. So when I was growing up, there was like, um, I think the, 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 the concert, the artist whose concert I've been to the most times is Tech Nine, who's a rapper who... Part of the part of the deal with the, with Tech Nine is when I was into Tech Nine, he was playing like small, intimate venues. I'm not. I hate. I don't want to go see like like I like Jay Z more than I like Tech Nine, but I don't want to spend 150 bucks to go see to be 150 yards away from Jay Z, uh, in a bad acoustic arena. Um, that's not as fun for me. So Tech Nine, I I think I saw him four times. And that's like Tech Nine is like pre is at least like I don't even know they're probably actually pretty close to being uh, peers in terms of when they started rapping, but like DMX's popularity probably lends to Tech Nine's popularity because a lot of Tech Nine stuff very early on was like very dark, the like insane clown posse Eminem. These these guys that were like introspective and dark and honest owe a lot to DMX. DMX has this lyric. <clears throat> it's also funny to me. I had this experience as I was walking in the green room talking about comedy this weekend. When I was talking about comedy like it's a like it's a fine art form, and then I had to to reference my joke, and it was a joke that I have about eating ass. And I don't think Michelangelo had that problem, right? Like Michelangelo wasn't talking to his contemporaries. Going, oh yeah, you know my painting about eating ass. That one doesn't get the appreciation that it deserves. And I think that hip hop shares a uh, a silliness when it's examined through that lens. Uh, also, which is I'm going to read these lyrics as many of them as I can read. <laughs> I was just thinking. So it's from the song "Bring Your Whole Crew." It's it's honestly the first song to me that made me realize that like DMX is this kind of like. Because he's also got songs like Party Up. He's got some songs that are like, you know, pop songs. But this is the, the, the lyrics of the first verse are, I got blood on my hands and there's no remorse. It's a pretty good lyric, by the way. I got blood on my hands and there's no remorse. I got blood on my dick because I fucked a corpse. <laughs> it's just so funny to me to think we're like it's just that guy gets a eulogy right like and by the way i mean he's a seems like an all right guy 
He's got about 17 kids, I think. Uh, I don't want to minimize drug addiction. He's got it. He's, you know, if you don't think drug addiction is a disease, uh, DMX was having like a pandemic resurgence. He's like very respected, wealthy dude. Uh, I think he's been through rehab a couple times. It's been a destructive part of his life. Substance abuse has. And unfortunately, this uh, drug overdose leads to a heart attack, which leads to DMX's um, unfortunate death. And it kind of these kind of things bring out the worst of our media. They bring out the worst of our society, where people don't have a lot of compassion for a drug addict. They don't view that as a disease with a with a death toll, like a death rate. You know what I mean? Like if you if you said like um breast cancer has a 5% death rate, people aren't like oh well, that is that the deaths aren't even from breast cancer. There's no argument about but if if you believe that addiction is a disease and I would say it at least seems like a, a pre-existing condition, it's got a death rate. Like if however many people have alcoholism, a certain amount of them are going to die from it. And and uh, I think DMX is, as I understand it, was more uh, in the narcotic realm. Unimportant though, it's our view of addiction in this country could could use like a refresher. And I think if we were to view these issues, this addiction, without putting judgment on it, with without like uh, attaching the shit that we put. Because also, by the way, like a like a, and I here. Let me say this: I don't give a shit about like where comedy and life intersect. I think it doesn't really. I'm not one of these people that thinks you can't make jokes about. Uh, you can't punch down. I'm not one of those people. I'm fine with punching down. In fact, it's it's great. Ooh, I got a I got a Facebook message, which means that I could be getting bad news. Not bad news. It was a different. It was a different, different message. A message about cameras, in fact. Um, so the way that we view addiction, I think, uh, if we viewed it like disease, we might actually try to solve it. We might actually put the time into trying to solve it, and not, uh, and not cast these people off as because like addiction does does horrible things to people right like imagine if breast cancer caused you to feel a way that made you steal or that made you uh you know take part in take part in dangerous behavior that to to feed your disease to reduce the symptoms of your disease right like imagine if people were in order to pay for chemo they had to break into somebody's house and uh steal their stuff and pawn it like i think a lot of people would be breaking into people's houses and stealing stuff to pawn it if they had cancer i also so that's like a one thing um 
not to say, by the way, like I, there's going to be jokes about DMX and they're going to be funny. Like I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a prude about it. I just, I think like as a real world, it would be nice if we also like, we could talk about legalization of drugs at that point and have like a real conversation instead of this, like, well, the Bible tells me or whatever. Um, the next, uh, part of it is, uh, DM DMX is like, there's been a lot of guys who go listen to if you're if you're an appreciator of DMX, go listen to some Tupac and then go listen to DMX. Because in the way in comedy there's like like disciples kind of unintentional disciples of like there's a bunch of Dave Attell disciples. Someone asked me, I was it. I was. Uh, I made the mistake in Oklahoma City. By the way, in Oklahoma City with Paul Verzi, I'm kind of worried to tell the story because he might make it a bit. But we had the fucking craziest Uber driver, and I was so tired on no sleep trying to get home for Easter. I don't even think I've told my wife about it. Um, I think there's a good chance he's going to make it a bit, and I don't want to completely infringe on that. Although I did pay for the Uber, so I feel like I should get some. <laughs> he paid me back, actually. That's not true. He paid me back. Uh, go listen to DMX and go listen to Tupac and see, like, there's a bunch of Dave Attell clones. There were a bunch of Dane Cook clones. I'm probably in the, like, Louis C.K. class of who's most influential. Um DMX is what Tupac wanted to be. Like, Tupac is this West Coast rapper who moved to California at 17 after attending, like, an arts school in Baltimore. Not to say he couldn't have, like, a rough upbringing with that, but it's like, the dude became a gangster, like, in his 20s. It's just... I, he made incredible music, don't get me wrong, but like DMX, I really believe this, the life DMX lived is closer to what Tupac wanted to portray in his songs than what Tupac's life actually was. Ja Rule's another like DMX clone, I would say. Not DMX clone, uh, Tupac clone. There's a couple of them out there, like these guys that kind of take on his cadence and his and the like um some like roughness in his uh delivery with a combination of like nice and harsh things bring your whole crew is probably along the lines of what's that song hit him up by Tupac um okay what else that the fucking prince andrew or whoever died i don't care about that guy prince philip prince Prince Philip Duke, he's a, the whole. By the way, we gotta get over the fucking royal family. Can can can? It's the most embarrassing thing as Americans that we give a shit about that at all. Uh, I don't think everyone has to be patriotic. I just think it's stupid that this fake these these are the these were the Kardashians before the Kardashians. They've been the Kardashians for for hundreds of years or at least dozens of years with basically zero power. Uh, they're just like, I don't, they're like state sponsored rich people. They're fucking Paris Hilton. We have these people in our country. 
if you're gonna if you're gonna worship some socialites, worship domestic. Please worship domestic socialites. Give Paris Hilton your attention instead of Queen Elizabeth. Um. Okay. Does this does this podcast suck? I think it sucks. I think it sucks solo, and that's why they should just be Patreons for people who actually enjoy uh, hearing me talk <laughs> and don't care about the guest. <clears throat> but for now, this is what you're getting. Okay, I'm going to end it. Uh, please follow me on all social media at the Casey McLean. I'm on uh, TikTok. Uh, I posted a joke on TikTok that I think TikTok has to be suppressing because it's like doing well in the metrics and still it's not getting to many people. So go check out. It's a a bit I've been doing for, it's actually <laughs> to bring it full circle. It's from the, it's a small chunk from the ass eating bit from my, my beautiful ass eating work of art. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Come see uh, me and Gabe Rutledge at the Chalet Theater in Enumclaw, May 1st. Uh, I'm in, I'm at the Route 2 Tap Room um, April 23rd and 24th, headlining with my buddies Greg Beachler, past podcast guest, Kevin Eggleston, past podcast guest. Um, May, I might be having tonsil surgery. June 4th, 5th, I will be at Honey Eatery, Social Club and Eatery in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Trying to tack on some dates on either side of that in uh, Missoula, Montana and Spokane. Check thekcmcclain.com slash calendar. I have some uh, Spokane and Idaho dates coming up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And please check on my social media to see if I got this prestigious gig that I wouldn't shut the fuck up about that's ruining my life. Unless I get it, that it's making my life. Oh, comedy's so stupid to be a part of. Thank you. Bye.